0: Welcome back to Crossing the Rubicon, I'm your host, David Anaya, and today as always we'll be talking to guests who take us through their trials, their tribulations, and their eventual first steps towards their ambitious goals. Now for those of you who are not familiar with the term Crossing the Rubicon, it's a term that's synonymous with taking that first step, it's a term that dates back all the way to Julius Caesar and his crossing of the Rubicon River in between Gaul, modern day France, and Rome. So with that being said, allow me to bring on one of my most ambitious, one of my greatest friends I've ever had, one of the people who inspired me the most, Jermaine Rowe. He's a world-traveled actor, and he's most notably known for his roles in Lion King Fella, and you can find him on IG at Jermaine Rowe. He's also an acting professor in the CUNY system and currently working on his new play, The Legend of the Rolling Calf. Ladies, gentlemen, and all my non-binary folks out there, please help me introduce Jermaine Rowe. So Jermaine, how are you today?
1: Today's a good day. I mean, I'm talking to one of my favorite people
0: in the whole wild world. Oh, and also, stop. that's
1: true. And I'm also excited because I'm also doing something that I believe in. Um, this program, I believe in this program. I believe in what you're doing with this program. Mm. It's also super dope to be able Thank to you. like share everything that you're working through and finding your Rubicon. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's perfect. And so here you are to share your Rubicon. Um, what is your Rubicon?
1: I mean, there's several layers to that, right? Um, when I heard about this program, you told me about it. I kind of looked up Rubicon and what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I think what it represents to me is you go through this wonderful process and you have these big moments of decision-making. Yes. So I think depending on where you, I'm, I am I'm in my life or what section I'm talking about in my mm-hmm. life, there's several Rubicon moments or Mo, Rubicon people or Rubicon events mm-hmm. that help me to transition into where I'm at That's today. a great
0: point right there, yeah, because we're not just filled with one rubicon right where it's a multi-layered thing it's a thing that we're always addressing this this step that we're gonna take yeah yeah what's your Rubicon? so what's your rubicon right now what are you right now you today
1: feeling? i'm crossing today my acceptance of financial well-being and wealth as an artist in a mm. time where you know the world is pausing and i think today or yesterday in the news as an actor who kind of lives in the broadway world right and, um, you know, Broadway saying, we're going to close again. We're going to push back and, mm. you know, we're not sure what we're going to open again. And today I was meeting with a financial advisor trying to like get my financial into space and also being the friend who a lot of my friends come to, to kind of like talk. Yeah. And so there is a space now where I'm navigating today. What is that moment to cross, to get into my financial well-being and truth mm-hmm. as an artist living in New York City at the, in a time of COVID?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how do you feel yourself moving forward in that step?
1: Well, I think the first wonderful thing you have to do is the process of educating yourself about yeah. wealth yeah. and financial spaces and separating what I have call the emotional responses to value of money mm. and separating yourself from that. And so I'm in that one, this wonderful new journey of like recognizing and owning, without judgment, yes. my learning deficit and curve Without self-judgment, right? Yeah, yeah. without mm-hmm. you know, learning deficits and curve when it comes to financial growth and well-being as an artist in mm-hmm. New York City. Um, and just stepping into learning those things and reading books and learning about credit score for real, for real, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, what it really means and how to like, you know, and learning yeah. how to grow that and learning how to, a friend of mine, one of the things that we've been doing a lot is like looking at E-Trade and looking at how to like buy and trade stocks and yeah. also owning how to save for the like right now, one of the financial big wonderful lessons that I learned, I was in this aggressive saving, mm-hmm mode the last couple of years post-grad school right and post my life shifting in this crazy way yeah and i found saving to be the gift that was able to not let me panic when Mm -hmm. corona hit in early march well when we all kind of were aware that it was happening in early march and a lot of my artist friends were like oh my goodness you know that moment of how much have you saved what about the industry and career right and i was able to recognize that oh I was not feeling that anxiety, so I took that as a wonderful learning curve to go. Okay, how can I even invest more mm. and shift and cross that Rubicon of not accepting lack mm-hmm. of financial growth and acceptance of that I can apply myself and yeah. it's available to me. Yeah, that's kind of where I've been at today. I mean. I guess we're starting off in a very kind of intense way, (laughs) but I suppose it's 2020, like you kind of have to just, just go at it big because 2020 is not waiting for you to be like, I don't know what's going on, right? (laughs) it's so aggressive. You also have to be aggressive about attacking what you need. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and so you spoke a little bit about, you know, being an artist in, in New York City. And so how is that in terms of like finding work right now, in terms of like, keeping that, that inspiration going maybe right now? Like what are you doing right now to get it's by? It's funny,
1: so I recently posted something on social media because one of the uh-huh. things that I just do you know, I call myself a Renaissance man. It sounds so pretentious. You really are, though. Yeah. Well, I've heard. know you. I claim it, but it also <laughs> sounds so pretentious. Yeah, like I need yeah. to speak. Like, like but, someone <laughs> has to say it about you, right? Like it's I hard know, to say it about I know yourself. It's like, no, other people should call you that. Like, you should walk around and be yeah. like, "I'm such a Renaissance <laughs> yeah. man." Yeah, it sounds really like pretentious. Um, yeah, is pretentious sure the word. but I'm not. <laughs> I guarantee you, I'm so not. But, but you're
0: so far from pretentious. Go ahead. Thank
1: you, but <laughs> I think I do so many things at a really high level, not because I'm was given that those gifts but because I really became aggressive about Mm. training myself in those gifts Mm. and so I you know studying my getting an MFA in theater and working on my acting as an actor but also working on my writing as a writer Mm -hmm. as a dancer all these different things yeah so one of the things that was I recently posted on social media was one of the shows musical I wrote last year Mm -hmm. and the lyrics kind of go Right now, we need to go further than a story on paper can do. And I, when I embrace that, is it's great to be an artist, and it's wonderful. But and the world needs the arts, and we always have to recognize, always have to recognize that our, we're so valuable. Right. But it's also okay to take a moment. Yes. And not try to find your Rubicon right now if you don't need to. Mm. Like you don't have to try to find that big decision because okay. it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And. It's a lot of heavy burden that we're all processing and feeling. And a part of the process, even looking back at the where this, this came from, it's like right. sometimes you have to stop and go, let me assess Yeah, what's happening.
0: Especially when you've been like crossing so many Rubicons throughout your life, right? I mean, let's, let's get into it, you know, because you were born in Jamaica, right? Yeah. Born in Jamaica, and then you came to the States. How old were you?
1: I came to New York when I was like... Dressed it up undergrads. So that came maybe in 1920, so I literally finished, and was on a flight like a month after I finished my uh, Oh, undergrad. wow. Yeah. And you just came alone, right? I came alone with like $500 in my pocket and a scholarship oh, wow. to a dance school in New York and was supposed to crash with some friends, and in a couple of months, they were like, well, this is not going to work <laughs> out. I oh, my god! So all that happened. Um, oh. So
0: yeah, all those things. You, so that's a big Rubicon in itself, it's right? Massive. You left your You left your country alone, right? Not your parents or... And I like, you know, people like to think that nineteen 20, you're an adult, right? Yeah, mom, you can't tell me anything, but you're not.
1: I mean, I totally thought I was. Yeah. You totally think but you are, right? now, I'm like, you know what? I'm so happy I did it then because I was naive enough to not yes. be jaded enough yes. yet in the world. Yes. But I was like, yeah. The I world was yours it. at that it moment. was yeah. mine. It now I'm too, now I'm like, nope. I know too much now. I'm like, nope.
0: I love that. But I think
1: there's a part of you that needs to be that at 19. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I came across that. And, and for a long time, I was that drive and that fight. Mm-hmm. And that drive and that fight was important mm-hmm. for me to push through, come to New York. And I was very fortunate in the first couple of years to start dancing with some major dance companies, Dancing of Harlem. I went to study at Alvin Ailey. And, and then, then I, I went yeah. across and I started to do the Broadway scene, like they mm-hmm. said. And then I got shipped again to across the world to London. Mm-hmm. I did The Lion King in London for two years. But
0: before before we get even to London, because yeah. I think that that's a story in itself. Yeah. Right? What it sort of inspired you to leave Jamaica? you Because know? you were doing arts down there. You were doing so some sort of theater down there as well, right? I was.
1: I think I love what Jamaica did for me, because a lot of my work right now is in that space. Mm-hmm. But why everybody moves to New York is it has way more opportunities yeah. in the, a certain field than mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. else in the world. For sure. And so I came to New York because... I got to, I grew really quickly in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So really quickly, I became a big fish in a small big fish, pond, yeah. like really yeah. quickly. And I came to New York. Star power. I know, right? I came to New York thinking big fish has arrived. Yeah. And then you realize you're not even in the same water, right? You're just like, oh, yeah, I was in like, a, a little small vase yeah. in my apartment. Right and now, now I'm in the, the ocean. ocean. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh my goodness, I never <laughs> swam New in York salt City, water yeah. before. <laughs> oh, I think like, yeah. it was just like the world got swept from under your feet. But then there was a part of, I guess, coming from an island like Jamaica mm-hmm. that were kind of. Maybe in the soil, very aggressive (laughs) in -hmm. some ways, but not as aggressive as a judgment of good or bad, but it's like aggressive in terms of her nature.
0: Like go getting, almost. Go getting. Ambitious, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so there was a part of my personality that I grew up learning that I also was from a kid that also was like, oh, all I just need is opportunity. Mm. I'll learn it. Just teach me. I love that. Just teach me. I'll learn it. And I didn't realize how much that personality trait was something that was very special. There's a part of me that assumed. That was everyone. Every, yeah.
0: Right. Everyone
1: just recognizes that if they have the opportunity, they yeah. can get it. So every time there's a, like when I, I remember coming to ballet classes and I was like so not familiar with the terminology. So I was like, yeah, go to the library and learn it mm-hmm. and come back and do it. So I right. was just like, yeah. Obstacle? Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Right. but yeah. I, and, and then eventually you started to recognize. Just society that you were living in mm-hmm. and some of the other pressures that I didn't I mean Jamaica of course had a lot of different pressures too but some of the other pressures of just like immigration and I came on a student visa and what you couldn't do with right it. there are limitations
0: there a yeah. lot of limitations mm-hmm. and also
1: just being a black man from one Caribbean society and then coming into American society and also recognizing how being black in America was different, mm. and I had to learn that new way of being, and so I was kind of like thrusted into this. Was really, that like that?
0: Was that a big culture shock? Like, or, yeah, or, it, was, know, it was. I, it was more than I was more
1: than I was able to recognize on hard words for then. Yeah, I couldn't recognize.
0: I I don't
1: think I was in tune enough to recognize what that was mm-hmm. until like now, with a lot more information and living right. in the country for like sixteen years and having much more black American friends and really understanding how they grew up Mm, here as a very valid experience and recognizing oh Mm -hmm. thank you for educating me and teaching me because now I understand from another perspective how also some of the Things that i came with that were that made me seem to grow faster yeah because i didn't have certain mental things that i had to process and mm.
0: you didn't have those sort of restrictions or yeah or, or, or I didn't maybe.
1: realize them in the same way because mm. i think we all have restrictions yeah um, but you didn't and yeah i, I didn't internalize you them in the same way right right and i had to start learning that mm. and it was really important for me to learn that because you know maybe because the work that i do and i create and i write and one of the Universal Rubicon is we all need to cross that acceptance of all of us are the same and yeah. we want the
0: same. Yeah. Love. That's major.
1: Life, prosperity, um, living abundantly, like we all, no matter where you come from, mm-hmm. we want that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes we're held back from that because of some of the other things that go on. And finding that right balance is still a work in progress. It's right. what I do with my yeah. work and my art. So I think back to like, I suppose where this initial question devised from, I really became okay then in just taking a break. Yeah. So all those things were happening. I got used to trying to understand myself in a one context as a black man, a black Caribbean man, all these other labels or stuff. Mm -hmm. Understanding myself as an artist that I fought for years to just be like present with. And then recognizing that it's also okay not to be fighting. It's mm. also not okay to try to find definitions all at the same time. Yeah. It's also okay to cross the Rubicon of just breathing.
0: Mm. And Speak taking a
1: moment to just process.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we can't be going at 100 miles per hour always. It's no. unhealthy. Burnout. Yeah. And, and somebody some will argue, right, that's like a product of capitalism or whatever, right? You know, that you just feel like you have to, the rat race.
1: There's many products of many things yeah. and i suppose you know i'm a huge advocate of therapy one of the things that it's i learned in therapy, is, therapy yeah. is many things can be true so yes mm, capitalism yeah. is a part of it, but also coming from a caribbean society and mm-hmm. being that immigrant who's like you have to make it very yeah. proud and
0: i could relate to that yeah too. you're supporting yeah.
1: your family back home like i had to be okay and saying to my family back home right now the income is not coming so i can't support you right when they do and of course they understood but there's a part of me that was hard to say that mm-hmm. because you identify to being the provider and supporter. Yeah,
0: and especially when I mean, how long did it take for you when you got from Jamaica to New York to like start booking gigs? Um. Oh wow. There's so many in betweens. Because um, eventually you go to London, right? And you're in the Lion so King. Lion
1: King in London happened because I couldn't work
0: in New York. Why is that? Um. I didn't even know this. Yeah, I could work <laughs> in New
1: York because I was a student, and my student visa limited me to what I could do working. Oh. And I didn't yet. Um, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that you go. So then I couldn't, one of our RubyCon's we are going to talk about is like <laughs> meeting my father, and now we have this really great relationship. Wow, but my sense. dad is American, so there was also that, like, we never knew each other very well, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to connect through that space. And so one of the rules of Broadway in New York was you have to be a resident or citizen to work in that space because of the union rules and it makes okay, sense. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, especially um, in New York, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so as a student at the time, I was kind of just going out for auditions because I didn't really know the mm-hmm. game. I was still learning so much.
0: That's There's that naive, right? There's that yeah, naive, naive. Yeah, I'm young and yeah. I'm amazing. I can I can do all, you know. i step into any room.
1: All you're <laughs> watching growing up is like these amazing like TV shows that you walk in an audition and you just dance and somebody goes, oh wow, and they stop. We need then, him. We need yeah, him. Yeah. And then you come here and that's so not yeah. what it is. And so what's funny now? Now I don't watch it because those shows for me annoy me because like that's <laughs> so not real. That's not what happens. Tell the truth because the truth is actually right? yeah. so much more interesting mm-hmm. and so much more layered.
0: And I think if we knew the truth, right? If we knew, because I think a lot of people are disillusioned by like. I'm gonna walk in. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna walk in, and prosperity's gonna come to me right away. And it's not the case a it's, lot of the time It's very rarely
1: the case. And yeah. that one person who gets it that way also has a, a unique journey too mm-hmm. that they have to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's never about and, and it's never about the most talented in the room. Yeah. It's um, sometimes about what you what the yeah. casting want. and there's all these layers. Right. Sometimes who they want. Right. If, it's so yeah. many layers. And so when I first came here, I did a Lion King audition. They loved me, and it was kind of yeah. one of those moments of they went oh, you can't really work here. Uh, Um, But the team knew me from Jamaica, because years before they had come to Jamaica and done some audition, I had done it. And in Jamaica, oddly enough, I wasn't training to be in theater, I was training to, I was a journalist. I was a trained journalist. Okay. So my degree's in journalism. But you had um, always been singing. But I was always performing. So in Jamaica, it was more Mm -hmm. semi-professional. And so when I came to New York and I got booked, the, the wonderful thing about Lion King is that they have casts around the world. Yeah. And so, when they called me and I was kind of performing, student slashing the company of Dancer of Harlem, um, they reached out to me and asked me, would I be interested in moving to London? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. And being Jamaican, being from that side of the world, uh, I think it was easier for me to, because there was still this <laughs> colonialism <laughs> between <laughs> in Jamaica and UK, it was easier for me to get a work permit And London had already kind of an established system with their West End, the Broadway of the UK, Mm -hmm. to kind of have a lot of Caribbean artists. So I wasn't the first Jamaican. I was following a slew of Jamaicans already in the Lion King in London. So when I went there, that kind of happened. And by the time it was time for me to come back to New York, because after London, I did for two years. I didn't know I was going to come back to New York yet. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm just gonna move to the UK. It's dope.
0: You were on the ride, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm just
1: gonna go. you know, I'm just gonna go for the ride. I was like, yeah. 23, whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm, the world wants me. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I love it. I love it. If I met me then now, I would have been. I was it. so annoyed. I'm like, oh, this little kid. <laughs> that that just reminds me of like
0: my favorite quote ever. It's a Ray Bradbury quote, and it's, um, at 17, you know everything. And if at 27, you still know everything, then you're still 17. Yeah. You know? I was that
1: 23. I, you know, and the, but what ended up happening was I had one of the most difficult experiences of my artistic career in that show.
0: Mm, what's that?
1: I met upon a really tough
0: director. Tough in which way?
1: Tough in the kind of old school... I'm going to break you sort of like personality. Like
0: real stickler. And, real, yeah. and so
1: it was a really difficult time. And I look back now, assuming mm-hmm. because she since she recently passed of, you know, illness. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. yeah. I recognize maybe that was a tough way of teaching me. But as a personality, I mm. don't respond very well to that method.
0: So so, let me ask you something, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm studying to be a teacher, and you yourself are a professor, right? Yeah. So this this is an interesting conversation here. Do you feel like, do you feel like she was because she was demanding of you, right? Like yeah. Like, but was she being because uh, this is a phrase that they teach us, uh, being like was she being a warm demander, or was she like being cold?
1: Well, what I can speak from is how I felt.
0: Right. So I can't say what she was trying to do. Right. No. To you. To yeah. You. How did so, you feel? So
1: how I felt was. Um, I felt shut out of my own process to grow.
0: That's mm. um, yeah, not warm
1: at all. Yeah, it's not and comforting. so I remember one of my most favorite memories of her was I remember sitting down with her and said, "Can I speak to you?" Mm-hmm. And I had two other dance captains there in the show, and I just wanted to, I said, "I don't. I've been in the show by that point for two years, and I'm about to leave the show." Mm-hmm. And I kind of went very. I can't remember the exact words, but the feeling of it was. I think the whole time you never saw me, you saw an idea of me, Mm. and I want to let you know that no matter how much mistakes I make or I, you could never want better for me than I could want for myself. Yeah. Like if I make a mistake on that stage, I'm going to be more upset with myself than you could ever be. Because yeah. for you it's about the show, for me it's about where I'm trying to go in the bigger picture. Right. And I appreciated her though, because in that moment she was able to actually own and say, you're probably right.
0: Mm. Which is big. Which, Which is, is big. huge. Yeah. Which
1: is huge. And so part of it was, I was able to have that wonderful like clarity, but that by that point I was already, and it's funny, you, I look back at it and I really do, I've embraced the divinity within my life, meaning mm. that I know I'm being guided by a source that's bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And I recognize now how much that moment, whatever I felt about it, because as much as I love my feelings, they can also be wrong. Right. Feelings um, can be really
0: misleading sometimes. They can be misleading. Yeah.
1: And so, no matter what I felt about it, I became a better artist, a better person. Yeah. From the experience, but because I was surrounded equally by some really awesome friends yeah. and people in my life that could also help to rebuild me. Yeah. Um, and so I embrace that new space um, in terms of how I teach now. I'm very aware, but just making sure that if I'm going to do that method of like demand of a student mm-hmm. or break the student, which I very rarely do try to do. Mm-hmm. I always try to make sure that it's for them mm. and not from my ego of, I'm really smart. I know what's going on. I've done this many mm-hmm. times. I've been doing this for years with right. rhetoric and really go, where are you Right. in your nineteen, twenty-five, whatever age I meet you at in mm-hmm. college, where are you with their craft and how can I help you to get the best from where you are? Because that's more important than me telling you what my journey has been and how amazing I am. Right.
0: And, and just to be clear, what are you, what are you teaching right I, now?
1: So right now, uh, I teach uh, in the community system at LaGuardia Community College, um, and I'm teaching acting. Mm-hmm. Primarily acting, um, intro to acting is kind of where I find myself really thriving in. Mm-hmm. That first-year set of students who are coming into college for the first time I seem to have a really great connection with that group.
0: That's a crucial group, right? Because yeah. so you, you, in a way when you're in that position, you can't be really breaking people in like, cause it's their first taste into the thing. Like you could kill someone's entire dream, entire Absolutely. spirit off Absolutely. of that. Right.
1: And I kind of, I realized, you know, I, you put me onto this stupid show <laughs> and I'm a vampire
0: sucking energy. <laughs> We're talking about uh, the show's What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, I I wasn't sure I was able to call
1: the name out because I don't know that commercial stuff and advertising (laughs) stuff. What I love about that show, and I think the character that sucks people out of energy in the daytime is really funny, but one of the things that I love as a professor at that level, I learned so much a reminder of this wonderful, I'm going to use the word naive, but not in a bad way, Mm of that 19, 20 something year old when I moved to New York and that the world was still possible yeah. before I knew some of the harder truths Yeah. I need to still remember that space. Yeah,
0: that's a delicate space. It's a beautiful space as well. It's a wonderful space. Yeah,
1: it's equally as important for me as a space of, and I tap into that—the mm-hmm. childlike imagination when I was like yeah. five or six years old, playing outside, making up stories for myself right. by myself. That's the space I write from.
0: So. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I wonder, I wonder, and this is just a quick side note, but you made me think about it. I wonder how, if at, at all. The lack of playing with sort of toys or or lack of playing with sort of physical things for kids. Um, Because, you know, most kids are like on iPads and stuff like that. I wonder how much that's going to affect uh, kids' imagination, children's imagination. I do think that, you You know, the the, the
1: social sciences will definitely be much more interesting to tap into that real space. Mm -hmm. From my day-to-day, that visual observation of that, which is not scientific, one of the things that I do as I'm teaching right now, I recognize how limited the access to the imagination of my college students are. Mm. And so as I tap into them to come up with creative ideas and, and give them structured improv exercises, they seem to stick to very specific, like, I find it really funny, now I'm teaching for four years, how all the exercises get repeated the same way by the students. I'm like, wait, really, does nobody think bigger than these four like What do you things? mean by,
0: like, can you give me a, can you give me so, a quick like, example? So like I give an
1: example of like observing somebody outside and like imagining them at home and making it up. Okay. And then all the exercises have people at home going on the computer. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, but okay, cool, I get it. Like get there's more to, to, to do, do, do at thing. home, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, what about just like other things that you what About like, like just living. What about us living and just like, like just, or just like make, what if that person's home is like on Mars, mm.
0: and I was like, give them
1: that. Like, and they go, Oh, you, you never told us like to make it on Mars. I'm like, well, I didn't ever, have well, yeah. like, I, said, I said, Make it
0: up, make it up, get imagined. I was like, yeah, Imagine yeah,
1: yeah. them at home. And I realized that for some reason, and I don't know if it's just that, have but we, we, we've limited that there also still is place, and maybe some of it is because it's in the academic
0: mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm.
1: And academia has taught us also how to just know you got to get the A and B and C like it's a great
0: right like. I'm, I'm following the rubric I'm following I'm your, to, yeah. yeah
1: and sometimes yeah. this radical teacher you know there's always these very funny memes about the art teacher looking crazy right but I love that kind of like idea because I'm kind of that crazy art artistic teacher in the classroom like yeah okay the grades are really important but what if we just like make a mess
0: and I think te- I think students need that because sometimes students are scared right well, if I go off and I do this whole thing on Mars, is it going to affect my grade? You know, if, yeah, am, I, if, absolutely. am I afraid to so imagine? What, so what I do uh, the first
1: day of class and they all look at me and they look like you're crazy. And I go, just so you know, you're all going to fail. Uh, they, they're like, huh? I was like, yeah, you're going to fail. You're attempting something that you've never done before at this level. You're going to fail at it. It's the first time you're going to do it. But if you embrace that, you're gonna definitely become better actors. I feel
0: like that's such a like storyteller in you because oh you're, yeah, you're artist. gonna fail. Pause at certain things. And throughout the <laughs> yeah, I, love, oh, I love the drama. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I write the drama. Theater. I, I write theater. <laughs> I want you to.
1: But what I what I say is, I do two things in my class. You're gonna fail, but in that I redefine what failure is, mm-hmm. and in that I redefine what success is because it's often embracing failure as this. Big umbrella outside of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I steal from a quote from this wonderful kid I saw on this CBS Sunday morning uh, mini C, um, feature. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you can't fail at things, how can you call yourself a successful person? Yeah. Every successful person goes through several layers of failing at, R- right. towards your success. And the other thing that I also embrace with my students, part of my personal, like Rubicon, is that redefining success, but also releasing which is the most difficult thing mm-hmm. external validations
0: mhm
1: when i say releasing external validation of course it's important to be validated right but i think you have to first understand what it means for you on your own terms yeah because then you won't really know whose validation you need to take as mm-hmm. valid
0: okay meaning
1: Everyone's words towards you or about you cannot have the same weight.
0: Yes, I agree you. completely. Yeah But at a
1: certain young age, you can't know that yeah, so everyone's value of what they think about you I see my young students going oh And when I say to them What if I tell you you don't need to be good for me? Mm-hmm What if i tell you all you need to do is to try your best today and be truthful in in your process
0: you don't have to be perfect just give it your all give it your all yeah
1: and that for me isn't about being good
0: that's deep and they look at me like i have 10 heads and by the end of the semester they get it you know what i was just talking about this today to my cousin is that you don't realize you've had bad professors or bad teachers until you get a good one until you get one who cares who tells you who talks to you who brings you Like, under their wing, you know? And then you realize, oh, this is teaching. This is caring. You see, the the teaching profession, which I never expected to get into... um, And we're going to touch on that, yeah.
1: Yeah, became one of my biggest blessings. Mm. Because the more, you know, going to church, one of the things I always heard was whatever you see missing in the world, you become it first.
0: Mm. So
1: if you want to see more love in the world, you become more loving. If you want to see more wealth in the world, you work on your wealth creation and how you teach people around you. You give wealth away in terms of information. And one of the things I was learning, I was rebuilding myself when I fell into teaching.
0: Mm -hmm. I come from- Redefining your success. redefining my success. i
1: come from a a wonderful but difficult breakup. Um, Came from grad school. And I fell into teaching. Mm-hmm. All these were happening within like a month of each other, mm-hmm. and was sleeping on a friend's couch, mm-hmm. and I was feeling super undervaluable, and I was like, okay, this is. I knew it wasn't the truth of myself, but I didn't have the
0: tools. That's important that you knew that, though. Even though yeah. you were in unfortunate circumstances, you knew this is not. Who and I, I wouldn't am.
1: even know, looking back now, call it unfortunate, because where I'm at today, looking yes. back at it. And I've told you that. was the Rubicon that yes. I needed to cross. I was, Without you
0: even knowing, you were dunked in that river. I was thrown you in the, the river. You were thrown sea. in that river. Cross it. Cross <laughs> it
1: or drown. Right. And
0: you, you started swimming. I basically. started yeah.
1: swimming. I started kicking. I was determined not to sing for whatever reason mm. it was. There was something that kicked me into gear. And then I fell into a classroom that I had to then motivate Three groups of different students to be better,
0: and that could be the toughest part of teaching, motivating students. Yeah. While
1: I was going home every day, sleeping on my friends, my friends' uh, additional space in this place mm. in Brooklyn. Look at that. And I had to go. Okay, I can come in the classroom and like be just like bitter and all of that, mm-hmm. or I could come in there and through this process learn and be okay and the first day I went to class I'm like okay we're gonna do this together and this is the truth of me Mm -hmm. and I told them exactly where I was that I was building my life up Mm -hmm. from scratch and we're gonna do this together we're gonna learn together and we're gonna grow together
0: and did that help did they relate to that it
1: it, it was kind of profound yeah that I didn't expect I kind of have now at least 10 to 12 students who since I've been teaching the last four years who do not leave me out. I get a text from them almost every day or every week. They reach that. out to me. They're like, can we come see you? We miss you so much, wanna hang out with you. And I'm like, really? And they've become, I, love that. I'm, I started mentoring some of them. One of the things that I did during my time of feeling like whoa is me, cause it's so mm-hmm. easy to pity of yourself. Mm-hmm. One day I got up, I'm like, go to a soup kitchen and volunteer. Yeah. And I did, and in the middle of feeling like, I w- went to a soup kitchen and all I was doing that day was folding napkins and putting utensils in napkins. Mm-hmm. I did it for like four hours and I saw a cross section of people coming in. Right. By this point, I had broader careers, credits, I was writing a new musical, mm-hmm. I was a professor, I had a master's in theater, was doing all these things that I was having a pity party for myself. Mm-hmm. And I, sa- I stood there and by this point I had moved out of my friend's place, I was living in a cool, cute midtown apartment. Yeah. And I was sitting there still like, woe is me. I need more, I mm-hmm. need more, I need more. And I went to that soup kitchen and I saw some amazing people yeah. who were equally as talented, needing success, mm-hmm. beautiful, yeah. amazing as I claim to be. And they had to come to soup kitchens to get that dinner that night with their families. Yeah. And it made me stop myself to check myself. Mm, which is say, important, yeah. Hold on one moment. You're getting a little bit beyond your gratitude. Mm. Another Rubicon that you had to embrace. Yeah, that space of being grateful, even as you go through the other side of like, yeah, there are also things I want to get achieve, be achieving more, mm-hmm. and that both things are true at the same time. Yeah. So it is that journey always. The pro- it's I always say in my class: process, process over end result. Embracing the day to day of the process is going to. De- definitely make where you're trying to end up much more successful
0: and a lot of people they try to skip that process or they assume that once they've maybe crossed that Rubicon that they don't have to go and take Rome you know it's not enough just to do that it's a continuous process right even after you've for this for this or even like for this discussion you've taken Rome you still have to now like lead you still have to now do what you have to do so even after you've left Jamaica right you've gone to New York City you've gone to this big big ocean, now you're in London, now you're back here, now you're, now you're teaching, but you're still in that process. And because
1: one of my mentors when I was in undergrad said to me, you take yourself with you. And it's I was so like, important, what yeah. Do you, what do you mean by you take yourself with you? And he was like, no matter what you achieve, one, it, it will never look like what you think it's going to look like. Right. It's always going to be different. So Always embrace that because sometimes you are, are limiting yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your dreams are even bigger than you realize. Mm but two what you take with you always is the tools that you've allowed yourself to gain for real for real like (laughs) self-worth yeah discipline Mm -hmm. practicing success every single day showing up for yourself being honest with yourself the most difficult one stop lying to yourself yeah those things you take yourself with so no matter what space you get into the days when you're feeling like the world just crumbled and everything that you think you built just kind of fent to the ground mm-hmm. or you're on winning an award and you're like "Shit, look at me i'm like super dope that same person should still be there with you yeah the hard worker the dis- person who's disciplined so that those big moments don't swell your head but also allow you to still embrace the celebration yeah of hard work and those moments that are really heavy don't cripple you. You recognize the weight of it all, but you recognize also as it's transit, it's transitional.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I really see that in you. I see this really calm in you recently, right? So it's it's a it's a duality because you're calm, but you're also almost working harder than you've ever worked, right? By far. But but it's a it's a like. How do I explain? You're you're floating in it. Your your understanding of the process, so you're not stressed throughout the whole way. You, you know, know what, what you're, that was. Talk to the me.
1: biggest Rubicon, and I'm going to want everyone to embrace this Rubicon. <laughs> what if I am good enough? Mm. Teaching has helped me to recognize to recognize that we are willing and more quickly ready to embrace negative comments and feedback about ourselves. Yeah, then we are positive affirmations. Yeah. And I remember challenging myself once to, you know, go to Lent, and I go, I'm giving up alcohol, I'm going to give up these other things. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to myself, I'm going to give up talking negatively about myself to myself.
0: Mm, that's important. It
1: was the hardest thing.
0: Because <laughs> I didn't realize until
1: I was trying to go on a diet of negativity that I was actually always telling myself how much I couldn't mm-hmm. and why I couldn't. You can't do that because uh, uh, maybe, you know what, maybe she. And I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I give myself a diet of holding myself back. Yeah, more than I recognize. Mm. What if I embrace? What if you are good enough? Mm. And that embracing of that wasn't saying that now things should come to me. Mm -hmm. It means that you're gonna work for everything, right? Because I remember recently, I I, when when I gave myself that challenge of what if I am good enough, I then said to myself as a follow up to it. Mm I am going to take myself as seriously as I want the industry or everybody else to take me as a musical theater writer, yeah. as the next big thing, as the next MacArthur Genius winner, like all these mm-hmm. things. Like, if I take myself that seriously every single day, yeah. that's how I get to that point. Yeah, What does that mean? You get up early in the morning from mm-hmm. seven o'clock, you start working. Yeah, You start working as if you're already getting the paycheck mm-hmm. that you know you deserve. Yeah. You want to get that million-dollar paycheck? You work every single day as if you're already getting that million-dollar paycheck. Yeah. And that's how I started to approach it. I yeah. started to go, if I really believe I have the worth, that worth isn't determined by the world seeing it first, mm-hmm. it's determined by me first owning it right. and going about it every single day. So when people go, oh my goodness, it's like, yeah, I was doing this work. Yeah. So that's I gave myself that challenge yeah and it wasn't for anybody else it was because I recognized that if I do believe that I was called and given a special gift and many gifts mm-hmm. I have to own it even when the world does not see it that's a child part of myself
0: you have to shine even when when people have their shades on right you have to continue to shine and then eventually you'll shine bright enough that the light is go not determined
1: by how dark the world is oh damn that's nice <laughs> it's not it's not the light is the light is the light, mm. and we are often making our And it's funny the new musical I wrote. Uh, I think I shared with you that one of the poems from it is. Some of us, you know, we shine at different watts. Mm-hmm. If you're shining at a hundred watt, mm-hmm. and I'm shining at ten watt, the first thing I shouldn't do is to compare. Why? Because we're all light.
0: What's that? What's that big quote? Com- um, comparison is the killer of joy. Yeah. Right. Something like that. I'm yeah. butchering it. But.
1: And you can celebrate the comparison. Mm-hmm. So I see you over there mm-hmm. shouting at a hundred. What? Good for you. High Good five. Good for you.
0: Yeah. Keep that energy going. Yeah. Look at
1: what you did to be shining at that space and learn from it without having to then try to lie to people that, you know, he's really getting like a reflection from somewhere else. That's yeah. why he's shining so brightly.
0: I think that's something that a lot of people do, right? Like when you're an up and coming artist or whatever, you see someone who maybe has been in your same circumstance and they're maybe shining a little brighter, right? And it almost feels innate to go, "What yeah. the fuck?" The like,
1: industry does that, and I did that for a right? long time. Yeah. I, do- I remember walking into auditions, looking at other black boys who look like me, same body type, same look, physique, and knowing in my head, that's the competition. And I would like give attitude to these wonderful young men who right. literally did me nothing. I'm yeah. like looking at you dancing, and you're killing that. You're killing the combination, and I know you're gonna get it over me. And you're just finding something that, like, and there's something is me like, oh
0: slip that note wasn't even that nice yeah (laughs) I was like
1: the Yelmi was like there's a part of you that embraced that as that's what it had to be yeah until I recognized that I was missing out on learning from some amazing people yeah that were sitting around me that I was allowing myself not to learn from because I I told myself and was also informed and taught by the things around me that I had to do that to get ahead
0: yeah um being so competitive and stuff
1: and there's competition is a wonderful thing yeah but that's why I use sports as an analogy so much because I'm my students and I say, you know, you train for the Olympics for like one event for every four years mm-hmm. and you go there and you fall out in the first round. Damn. Doesn't mean that the work that you put in was not worth it. No, it
0: doesn't mean that. You're
1: still going to operate at a really high level more than most people. Right. And you can still celebrate the person who makes it to the next round.
0: I was just meditating with my, with my boy the other day and they spoke about how like when we decide to do, when we decide to train, when we decide to do any endeavor, we have to remember that we decided to do that, right? We have to remember that we don't have to do that. It's something that we ambitiously want and we have to remember that in order to ambitiously seek it. It's also,
1: you know, it's budgeting. It's budgeting your time, budgeting what you want. Right. If I want this out of this, you know, I look at Jeff Bezos in Amazon CEO and one of the things that he said, um, what, what, whatever you believe in the politics of it all, mm-hmm. One of the things that he said that I embraced was when people say Amazon did well this quarter, I was like, yeah, because I planned that three years ago. Yeah. Ask me now what Amazon going to do in three years time, because that's what I'm working on today. Mm. And it made me recognize the wealth of thought in investing today for what you want tomorrow to be and not be so Immediate gratification, as we are being taught through social media and everything else. I put a picture up. I keep checking it to see how many people like it. Yeah. Because it's not about how many people like it in the long term. It's really about how many people liked it today when I put it up. Yeah. And we often to recognize that why why that rule is cool in Instagram world, it doesn't have to translate in other parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so the investment that you're doing in your career and going to school and everything today or working on like stepping into learning about finances today, that feels really icky mm-hmm. because, and, but eventually you will get past it. And if you keep at it a year, two years from now, you're going to be able to get to where you want to get to, but you can't get there. You can't cross that Rubicon. If you don't start the journey right. of going through everything, you're not just going to end up because by the time you get to the Rubicon, what's going to happen is you would have built the resources and the tools to be able to cross it.
0: Right. That that's perfect. That's how I always look at it. Like the opportunity is going to come. Now are you going to be prepared for that opportunity, right? So, and I think you do a wonderful job of doing that. Like you're teaching right now, right? You're a professor at a high at a like a high level rate and then you're also creating, writing your own plays on the side, right? You're budgeting that time. You're you're investing in yourself, right? Yeah,
1: because if I want to be seen as a big Renaissance man that I claimed myself to be this <laughs> that wonderful pretentious title takes a lot of work to live up to and anyone who's been able to, I think, hold that title in a way that I admire was working every single day to grow into that. So so when I say that title, I don't say it because I I think that's where I'm at. I say that title because that's what I want to grow into. You know, you buy the pants as a kid bigger so you can grow into it. Mm. I I claim that title because I want to grow fully more into that every single day. I'm writing, I'm performing, I'm doing all these things. Cause I want to grow into that space because I do go what if it is actually your title
0: yeah I like that so you're taking that that quote from Jeff Bezos and you're applying it you're you're investing three years into the future which you're you're writing that play you're getting your check from the college but you're writing that play for yeah because for... right now my
1: one of my other income source was performing mm-hmm. and it was kind of interesting like winning getting my most my biggest, most visible role that also won me my first acting award. And the award came during a lockdown. Mm. When normally, when you win a major acting award, I won the Connecticut Critics Circle for Best Actor from Lemusdale in Westbrook Country Playhouse. Normally, what you get is you kind of think What's gonna happen is now I'm not, like, I could roll forward at ages. Right. And go, now
0: my price is going up. Now my, no part, my visibility and my accessibility.
1: Yeah. And because of the ages also is also like we don't care. Of but, <laughs> no, but also, there's a part of you that goes, you know, you go, one day I wanna be an award winning actor. Mm-hmm. And then you win an award via email mm. <laughs> that says, oh, by the way, you just got like a great your, and because the world is right now paused. And I had to celebrate for myself mm-hmm. when that moment happened, and also recognize, yeah, right now the world is paused, yeah. because, and that's also equally important and okay.
0: Yeah. Does it take away from your moment? No. No. But does
1: it, use it to redefine your space? Yeah. Because that award is not about today. That award is celebrating what you've put in the last three, four years. Mm. That award is a representation of what you've worked on the last three, four years.
0: I like that. I like that. And, so and as I like that. And as we wind down, we sort of at least what I've learned from you, I've known you for years, but at least what I've learned in this conversation is that yes, it takes a lot of energy. Yes, it takes a lot of self-motivation to cross this Rubicon, but you also can't cross it with with filled with with stress, filled with this idea of of you know, self-doubt, self-ridicule, you can't do that. You have this to camp, go where is that?
1: What- You have to embrace that. That's a part of growth, feeling less than your worth. Not that you're going to stay there, but everyone feels that way. Yeah. Everyone feels the anxiety of things that they want to work on. We all feel financial anxiety, no matter where you are in your financial growth. You all feel (sighs) that you could be loved more. But I'm going to leave you with this thing. I, you know, you follow me on social media. You see, I started this Friendship Friday thing. Yeah. The reason I do that was I remember a few weeks back I was biking meet a friend to drop something off Mm -hmm. and I was seeing all these spaces in New York that were ghosting of past relationships I was like ah I remember ah and it was like bringing up all these things and I was like in my feel
0: yeah
1: in my feelings just like wallowing
0: all the way in the back all the way just like all the way in the (laughs) bathtub of my feeling
1: like all the way up to the neck soaking in my feelings (laughs) and then on my way back something clicked and I realized I saw this beautiful restaurant that I didn't notice there before Mm -hmm. it's like oh you know New York changes so quick I didn't realize and I saw somewhere else and I was like Oh my goodness, Jermaine, you were so fixated this entire bike ride uptown on the the places that were ghosting you that you missed all the beautiful journey along the path. Mm. And it made me go, how many people am I missing in my life that are giving me so much support every single day because I'm holding on to things that are really seemingly not okay? So I started this Friendship Friday post just for myself to say, I'm going to celebrate everyone in my life who's is there, mm-hmm. who's present. And be appreciative
0: of it, And yeah. be appreciative of
1: it, just, just because. Yeah. And what's, what's funny about it, because you know, it's not a thing that is on, it's not a hashtag, flashback Thursday, flashback Friday, right, There's or no behind it. There's no, yeah. I, but what's interesting is, the amount of people that have reached out to me, mm-hmm. privately, Yeah. just because of those posts. Some going, why, why am I not tagged? Ah. <laughs> but most people, even if they're tagged or not, just how reaching out, and we having this wonderful conversation. And they're saying, "You made me call my friend today because I was thinking of this person, and I never didn't realize how much." Mm. And it, it goes back to what I said earlier on: if you see something missing in the world, you become that. Mm. You do tell anybody about it. You don't have to be special about it. But if other people around you see you reflect something, light attracts light.
0: Yeah, be the change you want to be. Right? Yeah, be the. Be the motor in your own car. As you
1: cross the Rubicon, somebody else was looking at you. Might recognize. Oh my goodness, I can cross mine too. Yeah. Because when you get to that point of the Rubicon, the Ru- there're probably other people standing there, all waiting.
0: Waiting. Just waiting. Like, on double dutch. Like yeah. Yeah, and
1: dump. one person going across and making it across sometime is just the right impulse that it needs. Like, think about how many people in your life. Oh my goodness, that person did it. Maybe I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it. I'm kind of attracted when we're able to see that strength in our closer friends mm-hmm. than sometimes, nothing wrong with this for those who do, but then sometimes in the bigger celebrity world, Yeah. because I can appreciate more my friends that I see every single day who are like, I'm going to come on your podcast. Cause I see what you're doing <laughs> more than me waiting for NPR to call me.
0: Yeah. And so I, I want that. you on my podcast because yeah. I see what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And I think we need to be able to support each other more at this level and grow together. Than sometimes to be networking up always. Mm. You know, grow let's together. network
0: sideways, right? Grow together, yeah. grow
1: together, grow together, um, build mm. a community together.
0: In a Does way, this grow. is what this whole podcast is about. I just want to showcase my beautiful friends who are doing beautiful things for themselves and others. So on that note, I think you've been a wonderful guest. I think you've definitely shined a lot of light on a lot of really great topics. And I appreciate you coming on.
1: Yeah, cross the (laughs) Rubicon. We cross this Rubicon together.
0: (laughs) I appreciate you, man. Of course.